While it's true, as studies show, that people often lie to each other, the biggest lies are the ones that we tell ourselves. If you cannot come to terms with that in your own mind, then you're not really going to be able to decipher when you tell the truth and when you don't to anybody else because you're too busy telling yourself a narrative that's not really true. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Today is a tough topic. It's complicated and there are a lot of different opinions about it. Really? Tell is me it? lies, tell me sweet little lies. According to research, we are, all of us, lying liars who lie about lying. That's what makes it complicated. Michael, do you want to guess what the most common lie is? The most common lie. You look good? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Saying I'm fine. Ah, okay. Yep. Lying about themselves. 60% of people. Is that it's interesting that people, more people lie about themselves than about other people? Yes, and we're going to unpack why that is and what percentage of when we lie for the sake of others or when we lie because it's more convenient for ourselves. 60% of people admit to saying they're fine when they're not. And it reminds me of this funny thing I came across years ago. Women's English, yes, means no. No means yes. Maybe means no. We need it means I want it. It's your decision. It means the correct decision should be obvious by now. Do what you want. You'll pay for this later. We need to talk means I need to complain. I don't really like that one. Sure, go ahead means I don't want you to do it. I'm not upset. Of course, means I'm upset, you moron. <laughs> You're certainly attentive tonight means is sex all you ever think about? The kitchen is so inconvenient means I want a new house. Do you love me means I'm going to ask for something expensive. How much do you love me? means I did something today you're really not going to like. Is my butt fat? Means tell me I'm beautiful. You have to learn to communicate, means just agree with me. And are you listening to me? That means too late, you're dead. Now, men's English is a little bit shorter. I'm hungry means I'm hungry. I'm sleepy means I'm sleepy. I'm tired means I'm tired. <laughs> What's wrong means I don't see why you're making such a big deal out of this. What's wrong means what meaningless self-inflicted psychological trauma are you going through? What's wrong means I guess sex tonight is out of the question. Yes, I like the way you cut your hair means I liked it better before. Yes, I like the way you cut your hair means $50 and it doesn't look that different. And um, while shopping, I like that one better means pick something, anything, and let's go home. So here are some more fascinating statistics about lying. I thought this was really interesting. Men lie six times a day on average, while women lie three times a day on average. I knew it. 40% of people lie on their resumes. Does that surprise you? Not really, no. 90% of people lie on their online dating profiles. 90? Mm -hmm. Which explains maybe why our older kids have an aversion to even the idea of it. 50% of teenagers admit to lying to their parents about their whereabouts. I would think that's 50? higher. 50? And people are more likely to lie over the phone than face-to-face. 81% -face. of people lie about their height, weight, or age online. That's not surprising. This I thought was fascinating. Politicians lie on average once every five minutes during a debate. That's crazy. I find this fascinating because I know very few people who would unabashedly admit to being a liar. But that's because we all have different ideas of what makes something a lie. Few of us would say we're lying when we don't share our true feelings. So here are a couple of examples. So if somebody asks you, how do I look? You could have a bunch of thoughts in your head like, I've seen you in better things or doesn't look really great, but instead you reply, you look great, right? Or you're asked, did you like the present I gave you? You really don't, but you're going to say, yes, I love it. So that's 
obvious. And I want to give you a chance to speak, but there's one more thing I thought was interesting here. Is it possible, do you think, to live in such a way where you never tell a lie? No, not only do I think it's not possible, I don't think it's right. I think that's the bigger, biggest question is, you know, our lie, I think, you know, I think if you ask some people, they say, oh, of course, lying is bad. I, I don't think so. I, as a matter of fact, I think life, there are, the, there are the right lies and the right way to tell a lie, but definitely life is filled with good reasons to lie. Which I want to get into, but soccer well, player, one second, <laughs> Abby Wambach actually challenged herself to do just that. She decided to be impeccable with her words for one year, and she stuck to it, actually. She did not tell a lie for a year. Okay, no I, lies, I don't know if that's a good thing. Not okay. even little lies, not even white lies, not lies to make people feel more comfortable. Her findings after a year, what do you think they were? Uh, I don't know. She hurt a lot of people. She didn't say much that year and ultimately oh. decided it just wasn't worth it. No, I think she restricted is what it sounds like and didn't say anything because if not, the truth could be painful. I think the fundamental question is, is lying bad? Well, there's different kinds of, there's white lies, there's big <laughs> lies. So yeah. Where, where I think the, the, the right way to start the thought process on this is that, first of all, there are definitely times when one should not lie. And there are definitely times when one should lie. Mm-hmm. I'm very sure about that. So tell me about it. So I often uh, use the the biblical stories as references, you know, not only for the right and wrong, but for how to understand things. So there's actually an interesting story regarding the patriarchs Abraham and Sarah, and the story goes that the Creator God is speaking to Sarah and and speaking to Abraham at the time when they were being told at their late age that they are going to have a child. And Sarah starts laughing. And in order not to cause a rift between Abraham and Sarah, the Creator actually lies to Abraham and does not tell him the full truth about Sarah's reaction. And the Kabbalists learn from this, there's actually a teaching that says, from here we learn that the right thing to do when your consciousness or desire is to create peace is to not tell the truth. So, I will say that's sh- a little tricky. Uh, everything in life is tricky, but the point is that the 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 thought that it's always wrong to lie is clearly not true. And of course, the thought that you should always lie or always take the prerogative to lie is also not true. And I think that the 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 direction that I would take is is based on studies from. Um, but before you go into, this, I just want to. Okay. So that example, though. So I just think that that because I've heard this with different couples I've counseled and somebody else had told them that, well, to keep the peace, you know, just agree with your wife or don't challenge or don't uh, or even lie. What? But no, it's, so it's just a very general thing. If even sometimes if a truth is going to hurt somebody, but they want to, they would want to know it. Right. So, 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 and again, I'd, I'd like to get into the study, but if not. The, no, the, I want to get into it too, but I there, just, there's, that example. There's, there's a concept called pro-social lies, which means there's two categories of lies. One that benefits the individual telling the lie. I have that on my paper too. Second is is the is the lie that benefits the person, person hearing the lie. They use example, for instance, again, this is an extreme example, but but people who are who are diagnosed with late stage cancer, should they be told that that they're going to be dying? You know, and that's a whole moral question. But the point is that if you want to ask yourself the question, should I lie in this case. The question is, does it benefit you? If it benefits you, probably you shouldn't. If it benefits the person you're speaking to, there's a 
more likelihood that you should. So I think I think that for most people, when we lie, it's to make ourselves look better. It's it's for our own benefit, and those lies probably should be eradicated. Correct. The lies that benefit the person with whom we're speaking, I think, certainly have their place. Did you like the cake that I made? Yeah, I loved it, even if I didn't. Do you like the gift that I bought you? Yeah, yes, I did, even if I hated it. Right. So clearly, I'm going to give you an example. So a couple, one cheated on the other. Right. Oh, you told me extremes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that comes up a lot. <laughs> okay. Yes. You don't want that example? No, no, use the example. No, it's a, it's okay. a good example. But because, it's, but, I, but but because it's, I've been in that situation where I know for a fact, because the wife has told me, like, even if I know he's cheated, I don't want to know because I'm not going to leave him. Right? So there's no need to ever tell. Then you have somebody else that I really want to know because I feel something is wrong and I don't want to be in a relationship that's dishonest. Right? So, yeah, it's it's difficult. But again, if you put yourself in the person's shoes and what they would want, I think then it's clearer. Yeah, there's a clear way to make those decisions. All I'm saying is that 95% of the lies that people tell every day, I think, can be clearly arranged in the two general categories. Better for me, better for the person to whom I'm speaking. Right, like the child lying. If they lie, they get another cookie, right? Or a white lie if you take your kid out of school and for a holiday, but you say they're not feeling well, whatever. Those kinds of... Meaning, what do you, what do you well, say? Well, it benefits, it's more comfortable to tell the lie than to go through the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think I think, I think think that's very pretty straightforward, right? So, and, and I think maybe for a lot of our listeners, it's a new way to view, you know, lying or telling the truth in that if it's, if it's simply for the benefit of yourself, you probably should not lie. And if it's for the benefit of some, the person you're speaking with, there's a, there's a likelihood that it's actually uh, the right thing to do. And I think, and this is, again, I, I, I think, and I wonder, you know, it would be interesting to hear from our listeners. I think for a lot of people, this is a, a novel way to view lying. I think people, especially if people think, they think they're spiritual, a good person, or a moral person, they, they will say, no, of course, I always endeavor. And I do remember, you know, that there's that famous book, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so I can't quote directly from it, but that it was, it was very, it's, it might still be a bestseller, but it came out like 10, 15 years ago, called The Four Agreements. And one of them is be impeccable with your word. That's one of the four agreements. That, and, and and again, that definitely has its place. And I think... But it's not black and white. It's definitely not black and white. I do think, you know, if you, if you look at the majority of humanity, probably they can all, we can all do well by moving closer towards being more truthful. But it is not a, I would say, a spiritual rule that the right thing is always to tell the truth. And again, as I, as I said, there's actually a whole conversation, dialogue amongst the, the sages about when is the right way, right time to tell a lie, for example. And this is one where they say that you should definitely lie. If, if you're, somebody needs a ride uptown, and you're actually driving downtown, but you want to give them the ride, and they ask you where you're driving. Right. And you say, I'm driving uptown, even though that's a lie, you're really driving downtown. There, clearly, it's for the benefit of the other person, and also to, to do them a favor and not make them feel bad. So, I think when you start thinking about life in this way, then, you know, it, it becomes clearer. When is the right time to, to be untruthful? And when is the wrong time to be untruthful? Of course, I think for most people, we all need to be moving more towards the truth. So basically, in a nutshell, when it comes to lying, it all depends on what your intention is. Yeah. As in most things in life. So if your intention is pure to either protect the person or to support them or to share in a way that they and probably wouldn't... And it does not benefit you. Right, it's really so. There's, really so there's no ego. There's to be it. two 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 rules for for lying or being untruthful that it benefits the other person and it doesn't benefit you. 
that that's clear cut. So, so there is a, there was an example of because um, I think this is interesting about King Saul, right? He was righteous, and his trusted advisor was a prophet named Samuel. And many of you know the story of King Saul and Samuel. So if you don't, this is going to be a spoiler alert, but I don't think many do. After Samuel's death, King Saul was left to think and act without assistance of his prophet, right? So on the evening of a large battle, he was worried, he was afraid, and he sought out a woman who had the ability to speak to the souls of the dead. At that time, this was the thing that certain women could do, and it was generally considered a bad idea. So the medium called upon the soul of Prophet Samuel and served as an intermediary between him and King Saul. And it was during this conversation that Samuel referred to ours as the world filled with lies. Whereas Samuel resided in the world of truth, Samuel was not simply referring to the falsehoods that people tell, but rather any act, word, or thought that isn't true to the essence of our soul. Right. So there are ways that we lie to ourselves every single day, right? And it doesn't allow us then to speak in ways of truth because you're not even clear about that with your own relationship with self. Well, so so I, I think, so this is a whole other category, which is probably the more important category, the lies that we tell ourselves. And like you said, based on that, it's, this is something that the, the, the ancient spiritual teachers speak about all the time. They, they actually refer to the world within which we live as the world of lies. And, and while it is true, as studies show, that people often lie to each other, the biggest lies are the ones that we tell ourselves. And, and I, as I, I think... By the way, if you cannot come to terms with that in your own mind, then you are not really going to be able to decipher when you tell the truth or when you do not to anybody else, because you are too busy telling yourself a narrative that is not really true. Yeah. But, but I think... so. If you understand that this is a world of lies, which means that one will be most blind to themselves. This is another ancient teaching that says a person will see all the faults in the world and all the faults in others, but will never see see the faults in themselves. And the most difficult thing in life is to be truthful with ourselves. And I think there's three main lies that we tell ourselves that, that if if our you know I think I think it's important to to learn maybe draw from this podcast how we need to interact with people outside of ourselves. But maybe the most important benefit is is as it relates to us. So we can we can delve into this a little bit more deeply later. But I think it's important. So it's the three big lies that we tell ourselves: one, that where we are in our spiritual development is pretty much okay. Meaning that the distance between who I am supposed to be now and who I am is not great. right? So that is the first lie that we tell ourselves. Probably most frequently as well. Most frequently. Yeah. I mean, we do it all the time. Yeah. Second is that we need others. I need people to approve of me. I, mean, why, the truth I had is, this conversation today with somebody. Yeah. Do you want to share? Oh, he probably wouldn't want me to. Oh, um, you don't say their name. No, of oh. course I would not. No, I, I actually, it was something I'd been thinking about for months. And then today I just, because more and more information was coming to me, and I just said, you know, you are in a scary place where there's a chance you actually won't meet your potential because you're so busy with this, with caring what people think, with 
being a slave to that. If their approval, if they think you're something, then you're something. You're not going to amount to really what you want to be. And you already are doing that. Like you, you could, it's, it's right there, like right next to each other. And you keep jumping to the other track of, I need others to approve of me. And then I'll be somebody versus I'm doing this great work and I am somebody. I'm going to keep doing that with greater strength and desire. Yeah. I mean, but we all do that. And, and it's sad because like you can come so close to getting to the place you need to be to really live the life you're meant to. And then you get pulled in the and, and, and I think also, it's also one of the reasons that we lie so often is because we do think we need others to think of us in a certain way or approve of us and so on and so forth. So we have to lie to make ourselves in, worthy in their eyes. Because we don't, we're not, we're unable to do that for ourselves. So if you were able to have that conversation with yourself, right, where I am enough and I'm proud of the work I'm doing, I'm not perfect, there's so much more to go, but I believe in the power of my soul. We have this conversation all the time. I think it's one of the hardest things for people to actually accept and believe. And so it's easier than to jump to the external, whatever anybody else is going to say, well, if they think it, it must be true. It's simply we don't hold that space for ourselves. Right. For sure. And and number three of the big lies that we tell ourselves is what is important. Right? How we spend our time. Well, it, it'll manifest in how we spend our time. It'll manifest in how Who we, we get spend our thoughts. To, it'll it manifest in, in, in a myriad of ways in our lives. But I mean, I was talking to somebody last night, and 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 they were sharing how they're building a business and they're spending very little time with their family. And I said, you know, do you think it's the right thing, right? And he quickly said, no, I don't think so, right? And the, the conversation then continued. But I think if I can ask our listeners, this is I think a good point to 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 write down these three lies. And and by the way, th- these this means nothing unless you actually take the time to delve deeply into these questions and and be honest with yourself. So the first is the category of lies that we tell ourselves about where we are spiritually. And and again, this is a much bigger conversation, but clearly each one of us, and this is, again, a truth that we don't accept, we are so powerful and our light is so strong that no matter how much good we are doing, and no matter how much we have developed spiritually, we are not even close to our potential. So really to take the time to think about that lie, that we we are lying to ourselves about where we are and where we need to be in our own internal, personal, spiritual development. Second, to really take the time to think about the time that we spend mind bandwidth on others and how they're, what they're thinking about us how they're thinking about us so that second lie of our need for others in the sense of their approval that we of course need others to support us and love us and be our friends and so on and so forth but as far as their approval so really to take the time to to really realize how much we lie to ourselves about our need for others approval and third the and this again takes time to think through what are the falsehoods that we're telling ourselves about what is important and you will see and i think it's so important you brought this up that that the lies that we tell, tell ourselves are much more damaging much more damaging than any lies that we tell to other people and i also believe that if you if any of us do these three things it's 
I think we would lie less. And when we do lie, it would really be for the right reasons. Right. I mean, it wouldn't even be that hard to say, oh, do I tell the truth? Do I not? It would be simply clearer because you're living a life of truth yourself. Everything gets so much clearer when you do. So we touched upon this, but I do want to break it down for our listeners just to make it super clear. When is it okay to lie? In a Time Magazine article, Cassie Shortsleeve, I think that's a really funny Shortsleeve? Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder where that name came from. Shares what researchers have discovered about lying. And as we said, it's not a black and white kind of situation. So truth doesn't mean good and lies don't mean bad. Maurice Schweitzer, a professor at Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, who studied deception and trust, explains that there's a time and place for lies. And actually, lies are most beneficial when they're not selfish. So it supports everything we've just said. He believes we're better off if we all understood when and how to lie. In essence, the right kind of lying can foster connection between people. The article outlines the kinds of situations in which it's okay to lie. And here's what his research found. These are the following situations that warrant lies of kindness. If you have someone's best interest at heart, and again, as you said, it's called a pro-social lie. It's one that is told with the intention of benefiting others, not yourself. So for example, if you tell your child that you believe they are well-prepared for an exam, like maybe the SATs, and that they'll do great because you want them to feel confident and worry less, that kind of lie is okay. However, if your motivation for saying this is to get them to stop asking you to quiz them or help them prep, you're missing the mark. Researchers draw a very clear distinction between lies that are meant to help someone and lies that are meant to help yourself. The next is there's no time to change. So if someone's about to go on stage or walk down the aisle <laughs> and they ask you for your opinion about what Don't they're wearing. Don't do it. I think I, I, oh, well, about the way they're wearing. But I thought about that too, because when I first read it, I was like, okay, what if they ask you if you should get married? And you, right. we've discussed this actually. And you, I think, said, well, tell me now, what would you do? If somebody 10 minutes before the wedding said, I'm really, I don't think I should do this. And you think they're right, right? And, yeah. And so I, I can only tell a story. I don't know if I'd have the guts to do this. Right? I know so, what I would do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, this is, goes back maybe 40 years ago or so. I was at a wedding that my father was officiating at. And um, my father had gone to uh, use the bathroom. And, and, and as he goes to the bathroom, he sees the groom snorting cocaine. Mm. And um, he was just really excited. He was very excited. <laughs> he wanted to be all there. So that another for that another reasons. My father then walks over to the bride who was a student, so sure, very much respected what 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 he said, what he would say, and he tells her. I think I've heard the story. Yeah, mm. she was actually Persian. She probably still is. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, though. And and he tells her, you should not marry. You should not get married. It's a mistake. She doesn't listen to him. She decides to go ahead with the marriage, the wedding. My father officiates the wedding. You know, I don't know all the details because this is many years ago, but I know that he, that this person actually was physically abusive to her. Mm. Eventually they divorced. I'm not sure they did or did not have children. The point is, you know, if I saw something like that, or if I was so sure and they were listening, I don't know. It's it's such, why? Because, by, by the way, the argument can be made, let them get married. It's because the families are there. Just one, one can imagine that mm, the havoc caused. Know, so that's what we had. And let them get divorced the next day. Uh, but anyway, what, what, what would you do? You would say don't? No, with that example of the cocaine, I wouldn't have said anything, unless maybe the Rav had different, you know, a lot of other information and, and really felt that. So that's just that. But if I saw the groom making out with one of the bridesmaids right before the wedding, yeah, absolutely, I would say something. Absolutely. And I and, and I think part of that is that if it were me, but by the way, I'd want to know, right? Right. But, but, but maybe the point is, again, again, I'm not saying this is true, but what if the bride actually 
wouldn't, I don't know if she, she's very, what's the word, you know, sort of would, would not, it has to be somebody you know really well that this is something, because again, you can't, and this yeah, is important, I wouldn't do it you if can't it was make somebody, a judgment, you can't no. make a judgment for others about the way you would react to something. No, you if it be, was somebody I knew, and if I knew they they would want to hear it from me, but if somebody came to me before the wedding and I also didn't think it was a good union and they said, I'm not really sure, I would say it's okay to take a pause. You have to yes. put on. I would completely support that as well. Right. But anyway, that was not what we yes. were talking about. <laughs> so they asked you about their dress or something. Yes. It's probably best to lie if there's nothing they can do to fix the situation. Imagine your friend's about to go on a first date and they ask your opinion about their outfit. The cab's already downstairs. The meter's running. You think they look fine, but would look better in a pair of jeans than the dress they're currently wearing. Do you tell them they should change their clothes? There's no time to change. This is a situation when you're best off lying so they can leave the house on time and feeling confident. You and I have had this conversation. Like, I'll say, how does it look? My jacket, you say, fine. We come home later in the night and I'm like, oh, so yeah, I really like the jacket. And you're like, no, I don't like it so much. And I'm like, and then I would get upset at you. Like, why? You tell me, well, we didn't have time. You're already wearing. I'm like, no, but I could have changed. I would want to know. So I, that didn't, you know. But, but to be clear, I would tell you after when we got home. But I don't want to know after I spent no, three because, hours because, wearing it and and feeling good and and, and realizing that it wasn't such a great choice. In retrospect, uh, though, in no. retrospect, would you not want me to tell you after the fact? I would want to know at the I time. I understand that. No, that would there be, is no. That, that, that is the conversation. My preference is to know in real time. <laughs> but now I'm so I have options. Hypothetical. To say about it. Hypothetical. I want to know first. <laughs> You're not going to answer the question? No, I answered it. I want to know when you thought it, the thought. That's what I want to know. What if the thought only came after? Would you want to know after? No, if you're really paying attention, the thought comes right away. <laughs> okay. Other situations like so I'm this. I'm still confused as what to do. I want okay. to know. <laughs> Other situations like this could include a friend. Well, this here you go is about to walk down the aisle or about to get on stage to deliver a speech. You might tell them they have spinach in their teeth, but not time to suggest they change the shoes or something a little more for something a little more professional. Anyway, that's to be determined. Another one is if you're giving constructive criticism, super direct feedback can actually be deconstructive. So it's better to pad your criticism with statements that will soften the blow. I agree with this. Have you ever heard someone defend something unkind by declaring that they're just being honest or just being real? That's right. I, I, have, I have a greater version to self-righteous people. I know. I know. Luckily, we are not one of them. Yes. <laughs> And this one, this one really gets me too. It's the same, the same under the same umbrella. Proclaiming this is my truth is usually synonymous with I'm about to be mean. We know right. of somebody who does that often yes. and serves as an excuse for the inappropriately harsh thing you're about to say. But when you really care about someone, it's best to deliver criticism with kindness. The raw and honest truth can actually inhibit someone's growth. Think about what your highest intention is. It's likely to help them improve, grow, or transform. If this is the case, we better assist them by delivering feedback with a gentle hand. I firmly believe. I it. think this is a really, really important point because we hear all the time from people who, often it's with parents, but it could be with friends, it could be with spouses, where the way the feedback is given tough love, tough love, honesty, whatever uh -huh. words one uses, is very detrimental, very detrimental. And you know, you and I often have this conversation. You know. I often will hold, will hold back uh, sharing with somebody some, too often. Maybe, maybe, but 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 it's something I've different. seen the damage that can be done when a parent, a spouse, a friend just needs to share what they believe is the truth. And by the way, they might be a hundred percent right. It still doesn't make it okay. Well, because because you have to really put yourself in the position of the other person, which is almost impossible because you're not them. 
how are they going to, is this going to upset them so much that the, the pain that I caused them is so much less than the lesson that I hope that they learn or the message that I hope that they receive. Right, because if they feel shame or embarrassment from whatever you tell them, that's going to affect them much worse for the rest of their lives rather than you telling them this truth that they must know because you recognize it as yeah, truth. Yeah, or, or even, I mean, again, this is, it might sound petty, but so many often with parents who are, who are just always commenting, right? Because, well, why not? I want to help my child be better at this or look better or so on and so on. That's a lot of ownership too. It's my right. kid, and yeah. But I think I think a big and important question before you're about to share your truth with somebody is: Have you taken the time? Even though it's going to be almost impossible for you to really feel and assess what how they're going to be receiving it. But did did you even take a moment to think to consider how much damage can this do to them? And is the message that I'm about to share so important? And again, I. That's why, again, I, I was, I, you know, even on, even when I watch the news, you know, you always, you can hear, you can often hear, and I, I think when I, they're really enthusiastic about, well, when they're when they're self righteous, and 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 again, self righteousness to me means somebody who does not care about who they're talking to, about, and in what way. And how this effect, is the truth, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to say it. Well, actually, not. Actually, not. Actually. Unless you're you're somebody who's empathetic in this way, and before you choose to tell the truth, you actually try to think of yourself as the other person, then then you probably going to probably going to be doing more damage in your truth telling than than any benefit you're you're hoping to have. Well, in our Abigail and my next children's book that's coming out either in the spring or the fall, it's called Tale of the Other Glove, and the big message there is the power of empathy. And there's a line in the book, would you rather be right or be kind? Because it's a whole conversation about a moral issue between an unhoused person and, and Abigail's babysitter, and what is the right thing to do? She was clearly right, technically, but wrong in so many ways, because it, it lacked kindness. And when you don't think in kindness, you're really gonna make the wrong choice of, you know, what do I do in this situation? So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and I would also again, I think and I tell parents that a lot, all the time. You know, would you rather be right or be kind? And if you can't be kind and still be right, then don't share it. For sure, and and again, I think also to to weigh, the, especially especially with parents, right? To weigh the the damage, the potential damage of of something that you say, even if it's true, and 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 they should hear this at some point. Too often, the damage is much greater than any possible benefit that that one can have. And I think we go through life, and I think this is why, you know, we started in this way as well. That that truth as a moral prerogative is a problem. And if you had to choose, I think choose kindness or empathy over truth almost always. Mm-hmm. I agree. So another one is right before a special occasion. If honest information will distract them from the important occasion, it's better to hold off and sharing. And so many people don't do this. I have to tell them right now because I know and this, that. And it's like, they don't even consider what is this person, do they need this information in their head right now? I've seen this one play out in family dynamics often. Let's say your daughter's about to go into finals week. She noticed that you're acting funny and asks everything's okay. Do you tell her that you and, and her father are getting divorced? In this case, it's best to wait until after she's made it through finals. Then tell her, it's okay to say everything's fine. This lie is in her best interest. You'll eventually tell her the truth when the time is right. And the last one is, if you're not close with the person. In acquaintance kinds of relationships, honesty can actually erode trust. When you don't know someone well, 
blunt honesty can sound like you're trying to get something from the person. It can make them second guess your intentions. When you're not close with the person, delivering information with compassion can help build trust between you two and make way for more constructive relationship. I think that's a very important one. And, and again, we see this often. And I think it's important for our listeners to really ask, you know, without any judgment, are you a damaging truth teller? And maybe <laughs> one of the maybe the one of the greatest that's a good title for a kid's book. <laughs> the damaging truth teller. I like that. Um, you gonna steal it? No, you weren't gonna write a book about it. <laughs> I'll I'll give you credit in my. Uh... Thank you. If you if you are somebody who finds yourself often in a situation where you're telling people you don't know that well the truth, there's probably something wrong. Yeah, and you're probably a damaging truth teller. I know teller. people like that. Yes, even to those who are close to you, right? Because if you're if you're if you're not capable of, or I wouldn't say capable, if you haven't taken the time to really assess the right time, the wrong time, the right way, and the wrong way to be sharing truth with strangers, you're probably not taking the time to to think about the proper way to share it with those that, that are close to you. I was just thinking about something, my mom's friend, it's a complicated friendship, but they've been friends their whole lives. And it's complicated. And the, this friend's always, she's one of those people that's always honest, always, just never, ever considers. She's told me many horrible things By the way, as a child. I wonder if she's ever honest with herself, as we were starting speaking about earlier. I'm not even going to try to evaluate her, but she, we went to dinner with her. We went out, we were out of town where she lives. And my mom, like, I, I'm, she's very beautiful and she's sexy and she likes to wear jeans and fitted things. It doesn't matter how old she is. She dresses appropriately, but she dresses in a way that she's comfortable and she feels good. And they're the same age. Her friend has chosen to dress like an older, older version of her age, the same age, right? It's a choice. One wants to dress more fun and spunky. And, you know, my, my father's not here anymore. My mom still has a lot of life in her. And her friend is just living life a little bit differently. So she was dressed, you know, very conservatively. And, not, she didn't say anything at that dinner. I was there with one of our daughters. And then when we got back home from the trip, she had to call my mom as soon as my mom landed to tell her that she needs to dress her age and that it was inappropriate how she's trying to look so young. And my mom was just like, of course, my mom couldn't let go, but she still has not. She reminds me of it often. But just what's the point of that? What was the point of that? A damaging truth teller. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So... In conclusion, do you have, do you have anything? You well, I, th- I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I really hope that that our listeners take in a lot of what we said because I think a lot of this is paradigm shifting in in the way we look at life, but certainly as in the way we look at truths and lies. And I think the only way to, which is the most important, to become truthful with ourselves, is to live in truth which doesn't always mean telling necessarily the truth, but living in truth in our relationship with others. Mm-hmm. If we want to live our lives more honestly, I think we have to get really curious about why we lie. Are we lying to avoid recrimination or unpleasant conflict? If that's so, what's that about? Are we lying because we want to be liked? Are we lying because we want to be respected? Are we lying to be nice? Are we lying to avoid embarrassment? Are we lying to help somebody? There's a reason behind every one of our little fibs, and I encourage all of us to be diligent in discovering what that's about. You might just find that some or all of these lies aren't really helping you or anyone else at the end of the day. Beautiful. So it's interesting, as I was preparing for today's podcast, and I often, on the day that we record the podcast, read the different letters that, that our listeners send, and I have to say... Reread them, you mean? Read and reread them? 
I'm going to reread it now. I read it before. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Nothing. <laughs> oh, you made me lie. <laughs> I meant something. Go ahead. And Gosh, I, we, I wonder, you know how many times in a day we lie? I actually, I had the statistics. We didn't get to it. Not so. Uh, where is it here? Uh, must be a lie. lot. Lie once or twice a day, That's almost as true. often as they snack from the refrigerator. Both men and women lie in approximately a fifth of their social exchanges, lasting 10 or more minutes. Over the course of a week, they deceive about 30% of those with whom they interact one-on-one. Now, I think we lie a lot more. Yeah. But what I wanted to say is that as I read these letters from our listeners, and not all of them do we have the time to share with, with the rest of our listeners, I find them very, very inspiring. And, and so even if we don't always get to read all of your emails, please continue to write them to us, because they do inspire us. And often, of course, we get to share some of them with our listeners. So this is an email from one of our listeners, and she's very honest, and it's interesting, it really ties into a lot of what we spoke about today. I'm so lucky to have found your podcast. I am a member of Inside Timer and saw your offerings. I listened to my first one and was hooked. I was raised Catholic. I still am, but more spiritually than a church-going one. I pray every day. I'm always looking to learn more about myself and my beliefs. I first want to thank you both for your insights and your very special way of making feel like we are just friends talking about life and how we can improve our relationship with our Creator. I must say I'm struggling with shame and guilt. This makes me feel very unworthy of our Creator's love. I feel my sin is compounding the feeling of unworthiness I already had within myself. This sin I've done is unforgivable. I've destroyed all trust and security in my marriage, and I'll never get that back. We are trying to make things work, which is a miracle my husband is even trying. But I can't help but feel like I deserve his love, or the love of the Creator. I can't help I but feel... I'm, I'm assuming she, she means to write, I don't deserve his love or the love of the Creator. I hear your messages about forgiveness, about how people make mistakes. I can't move past this. I don't know how I can improve in the eyes of the Creator. How can I restore his faith in me? I admire your marriage. I wish I was able to have a good and happy marriage where we respected each other and supported each other unconditionally. I felt the need to reach out to you to share my thanks and gratitude. You have been helping me through this some very, very difficult times. I know you both are so busy with life. I'm not sure you'll even be able to read this, as I'm sure you are bombarded with emails. Keep up the great work. You have many people who respect and rely on your words to get them through hard times. Mm-hmm. Blessings to you both. Well, you are deserving of love. And don't forget that. No room for shame or guilt. When you know better, you do better. Yeah, and I think and we spoke about this, I think, in one of the previous episodes, that, that that growth comes, and again, from when we fall. And probably one of my favorite Kabbalistic quotes is from a great teacher who said that if you do not know that after having fallen and having done the worst thing in the world, in the next second, you could be the most elevated soul that ever lived, you haven't even begun your spiritual journey. And and that's what I would share with 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 you, with who was so open and honest in your email to us, and to know that that definitely the light of the Creator still loves you and wants only light and blessings for you, and of course, like Monica said, hopefully you can find that for yourself. Yeah, you have to forgive yourself first and know that this is part of your journey in life, and you're not the only one who has ever made a mistake or feels badly about choices they've made, but 
if you want to move past it, you have to see yourself as whole and complete and start living that aspect of yourself. But, you know, the shame and the blame and the guilt and being uh, and not forgiving yourself is going to keep you stuck, really. For sure. And like like we said, I think I think it's really important to know, and this is not just for this one of our listeners who's writing sharing her personal story, but for all of our listeners, that that we're we're all going to fall and we're all going to make mistakes, greater or smaller. And it's the ability to know that even in that darkness there is we are surrounded by light is what helps us find the wisdom and the strength to make things better as we move forward. So thank you again for being so open and honest and sending us this email and now hopefully inspired in some ways so many of our listeners. And of course, a reminder to all of our listeners right now, go to Apple Podcasts, write five-star reviews, share this podcast with everybody you know, continue to send your stories, inspirations, even challenges and dark times and ideas for topics that you'd like us to cover on the podcast to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. And as always, we hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast as much as we enjoyed recording. Stay spiritually hungry.